and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Happy um, December. Happy December to you. I'm uh, getting, I'm starting to get into that mood I normally get into in September, October, where it's like, it's end of the year movie time. You, right. you know, um, uh, we were just talking on the listeners who heard the movie journal know that I just watched uh, um, a couple movies, you know, like one like Lover's Rock, that's probably might end up on my end of the year list. And I watched something like Nomadland, which is getting a lot of buzz. Probably won't make my list, but watching these movies and the movies we're going to talk about today and the fact that we're finally doing uh, 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 our fantasy award season uh, with right. our with our guests who are present has gotten me into that. And uh, you know what? I'm leaving off the most obvious reason i'm starting to get in that mood which is that i've been getting i've been getting screeners in the mail i've been getting oh. screeners in the mail and that's uh uh putting putting me in mind of uh it's award season time so i'm excited about movies right now which uh i guess i'm usually excited about movies in some extent to some extent but uh not like this time not like award season baby i don't uh, <laughs> uh <laughs> i don't uh i don't truck with the uh the people who are like oh award season lasts so long award season uh i i, I love award season yeah so much i ate it up and this one this is a truncated uh anemic award season uh this year so it's not going to scratch all of the the uh, of my itches but uh it, it feels good to be back but as we've said before, that just makes it an even more interesting award season because stuff that might not otherwise be in consideration suddenly is, you know, mm -hmm. top of the heap. So I'm excited for that. But uh, we're going to get to talk about about a bunch of these movies, and I'm eventually going to introduce our, our guests. But first, I want to tell you, Tyler and listeners, about TweakedAudio.com. TweakedAudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. And they look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Today, um, uh, Tyler, I know you uh, are never on Twitter anymore, and if you are, you're just looking at cute animals. Uh, but I know true. our... Uh, 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 one of our guests is on Twitter a lot because he retweeted a thing that I saw that was going around. A lot of people were saying the question that was posed to Twitter was what's a great song. That's over 10 minutes long. And I, as a fan of things like black metal and doom metal, I have trouble narrowing it down. <laughs> I reckon I listen to songs that are over 10 minutes long all day, every day. Um, so I wanted to highlight, uh, one, uh, a very recent one, a, a Las Vegas, uh, doom band called Holy death, um, has put out a number of, uh, of releases in 2020 alone, uh, including a EP slash song called Celestial Throne of Grief. Uh, it came out earlier this year. It's 20 minutes long on the dot. Uh, and it's, well, it's, it's nice that they were able to, uh, restrain themselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so I, I would say, uh, angels of light, which is a band that you turned me on to and uh -huh. their song two women, I think is an absolutely okay. wonderful song. Uh, it's, uh, 11, uh, almost 12 minutes long. Like I said, I could give examples all day, sure. every day. Um, uh, I mean, I think I, I went to see the band uh, a couple of years ago. I went to see the band sleep speaking of doom, uh, doom metal bands. And they played maybe four songs. <laughs> like they played an entire concert and it was like four songs because that's kind of how doom metal, 
uh roles um so yeah check out holy death uh they're from las vegas check out their song slash ep celestial throne of grief and check out tweakedaudio.com earbuds that's where you go uh, they're uh, they look great they sound great i already said all this they're available at a low low price at tweakedaudio.com but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout you get one third off that low low price and no shipping charges so please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension okay it's time to commit 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes. Our guests, we've missed them dearly. They haven't been on the show in weeks. Uh, (laughs) uh, But coming back to do this, because of the delayed... Uh, Oscars and and the the shifted cutoff date. We're doing something we don't normally do. We normally do a summer movie preview, which is us being too cool for school, too cool for school, and talking about how we don't care about all the summer movies that are coming out. And then we do a fall movie preview for all the movies because we're you know uh, stuck up middle brow uh, uh, bougie assholes. Uh, we like to talk about all of the um, prestige picks. But now we're doing a winter winter movie preview because all of those uh um uh, uh uh snooty movies are coming out in january and february instead of november and december so we got to cover them so and uh, all the and all like the big mainstream movies are all being released on uh on streaming without uh, i mean i guess most things are at this point uh, in their own way but the idea that they haven't been like wonder woman for example uh is not being held until movie theaters mm-hmm. are open and is just being put out on uh, hbo max is something that i find interesting so that's going to be part of our winter movie preview we'll get to the you're getting yeah. ahead of us on Sorry mentioning specific movies here tyler but joining us as always to uh preview the upcoming slate of of movies are um uh quarantine baker extraordinaire julie sesnovich and uh her uh lackey scott and i <laughs> her layabout husband hey you said it not me uh, I, was, I like to, let's say sous chef because I, I, was, I, I was just gonna say driver because like julie hey. makes all these baked goods drives oh, around no and, and, and she yeah she she takes them to the uh, people that she uh likes i guess i hope um, uh and scott no, does it's the all driving poisoned it's people i hate <laughs> you I know mean, what i started i noticed that i was throwing up blood the other day after having those right, delicious yeah. little like uh, mini uh, cinnamon things and uh yeah. i thought like i should stop eating them they're clearly poisoned but they're so delicious right. what See, choice do i, I have you. yeah yeah exactly now i forget did you only <laughs> start did you only start baking during the quarantine yeah i had never okay. baked in my entire adult life before but just so the listeners know i haven't made sourdough so like i'm not a true quarantine baker like i feel like that's like the dividing line almost but oh, are you okay. going are yeah. you going to yeah. attempt it it freaks me out because okay. like it's alive and you feed it and it's like i don't uh it's weird yeah I don't like it. it's a little uh, you're worried about a little, a little, shop a little shop situation <laughs> of course yes. you went to the same <laughs> reference uh, exactly. 
We should host right. the show, David. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, well, first off, how are you guys? Fine. I'm doing all right. Good as can be. Getting in the holiday spirit. I can um, tell from your. Yeah, uh, the listeners sorry. cannot see, but we have a giant six foot Christmas tree behind us, which was sent to us as a surprise gift. Um, big swing. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's bringing some, some cheer. We also have a smaller Christmas tree that you can't see. Um, so, oh, yeah, man. You know, In so this economy. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, our, uh, our, uh, our apartment is also, you can't see the, the, the nook, the podcasting nook here stays the same, but, uh, our apartment is all decked out in, in Christmas stuff. And every year I seem to get just one more thing of lights. So it went from like sure. lights around the tree to like the tree in the window to like mm-hmm. the tree in two windows. And now we've got multiple ones around one window and we've got like an archway that's like all lit up. So, uh, um, it's gone from being like, it was like, fun to watch movies by the light of our Christmas lights to the point of just being like, I think I might need to turn off some of the Christmas yeah. lights to watch a movie. <laughs> it might yeah. be too bright in here for a movie. Um, but uh, yeah, ton- tons of fun. Uh, and what's uh, going to get us more into the holiday spirit than talking about movies that are going to be coming out uh, between now and the end of February. Yeah. Or not. I mean, again, as with the last preview, heavily asterisk. The last two previews, really, yeah. Yeah, I would say anything past December is like, it could either come out in theaters, come out on streaming, or get moved. So, bear that in mind. Huge asterisk everywhere. So, you know, we'll see. So, uh, what do we want to, how do we want to do this? Um, Julie, you, you were nice enough to put together a spreadsheet for everyone. Uh, I don't know if you want to be in the driver's seat. I don't think we can talk about all of the movies on this no, spreadsheet. No, that is not right. the intention. I figured, want to. I figure you just mentioned whatever strikes your fancy and they're, ordi- they're um, chronological. So just, you know, going through the well, calendar. What's your favorite of the first batch? Because we're going to start really like as soon as this podcast comes out the next weekend. True. Um, so it's the weekend of December 11th. Um unless anybody wants to mention any of those stragglers beforehand. Um, I do. I do. So, oh, Tyler does. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the documentary, my darling Vivian uh, sounds very interesting to me for a number of reasons. It is about um, the Johnny Cash's first wife, uh, Vivian, and just sort of the struggles of like being, you know, sort of the, the, the spouse of someone as they're on their way up, as they're getting very popular and, I think one of the reasons that I'm excited about it is because as much as I do really like the James Mangold film, uh, walk the line, you know, they don't treat Vivian particularly well in that film. Like it's, it's just so easy, especially when like June Carter cash and Johnny cash is like the great love story of our time. So it's like, ah, but he was married to someone before that. So obviously she has to be treated as just a a monster who doesn't get him. Um, And I feel like this is going to sort of give not merely her, her day in court, but every every character i know that it's a real person but every character like her like the the, totally. the spouse who would seem to be long suffering uh or or just again doesn't seem to understand uh this new fame or artistry at all uh and i like the idea of, of giving this person uh, a voice that actually sounds really fascinating to me uh, you really should have seen the um the movie blaze that ethan hawk directed a couple years ago oh, yeah. which is pretty much exactly that it's based on the by the uh memoir of the woman who was married to blaze foley before hmm. uh his 
very brief career. I was going to say Blaze Foley definitely as famous as Johnny Cash. (laughs) (laughs) In some circles, I don't know. Um, But yeah, check that out. That is coming to VOD on the 8th of December. Um, uh, Looking ahead to the weekend, I would say probably the highest profile release is Ryan Murphy's The Prom coming to Netflix. Um, I think the embargo just lifted on this and it's... And the reviews are savage. Yeah, I was I was looking at the the AV Club review and they gave it a D plus. But it's very mixed. It's kind of like, well, a lot of this depends on where you're at with Ryan Murphy and where you're at with Lee. And um, people all agree that Meryl Streep is great. They all agree that James Corden is terrible, Um, even borderline offensive, I guess. So that's fun. Um, But like it has an amazing cast and it's based on a Broadway show um, that's kind of pokes fun at Broadway itself. Um, I think I just like musicals too much to ignore it. I mean, it might, I might be glutton for punishment, but I'll probably be checking it out. I'm excited for, and I'm sure this is bordering on like, psychosis. uh, no, it's bordering on like, uh, hotel by the river territory in terms of movies. We just mentioned relentlessly that nobody sees, but, uh, to the ends of the earth is finally coming out, which we've talked about a billion times in this podcast. Uh, but it's a super awesome, uh, I can't remember the guy's first name now, uh, uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa is his Kiyoshi, name, right? I was going to say just Kurosawa movie, but that's sub- usually refers to somebody else. Um, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Uh, it's about a young woman who's a game show, or like a travel show host and going abroad to Uzbekistan and uh, trying to fit in around there. And it's very funny and very touching and has yeah. an awesome ending. Uh, uh, I didn't realize you were pivoting to talking about something else, and I thought you were just suddenly stoked for the prom. So no, I was confused. Not <laughs> right, right. Uh, I mean, I'm probably more stoked for Let Them All Talk, the new Soderbergh joint with uh, What's Their Guts. I was expecting a cast column in the spreadsheet we're looking at, but now I can't remember who's in it. Meryl Streep. Meryl right? Streep and Lucas Hedges. Big Streep. Um, yeah, it's, uh, that comes to HBO Max on December 10th. Um, yeah, I, we, we touched on that the last time. Basically, they like made it sort of without a script. They just kind of like snuck on board a cruise and made a secret movie, which is intriguing to the say. The title doesn't lie. Very cool. <laughs> they, that they sounds do, fun. They are allowed to talk. Oh, I'm also pumped for, and I know everyone was savaging this trailer, but Wild Mountain Time, the new John Patrick Shanley movie, uh, mm. you make Joe versus the Volcano and I'm on board for life. And doubt. Yep. You know, uh, doubt's fine, but it's no Joe versus yeah. the Volcano. People, I think people are interested to hear <laughs> that he made doubt. Go on. <laughs> There's uh, nothing else to say. I don't really know what it's about. Uh, I know it has Emily Blunt and John Hamm and Christopher Walken and uh, John Patrick Stanley wrote and directed it. So I'm in. Yeah, I'm yeah. stoked for that one too. Um, I actually have I'll to watch it in the next couple of days uh, because yeah. they they sent me a screener and then said this expires in 48 hours. I like feel like the screener shouldn't expire cool. before the movie like comes out. I like I like I often like to watch movies sort of right before I write the review. Um, yeah. At least uh, they told you when it expires. I've been having yeah. a run of things just expiring under me. Yeah. So um, also on the 11th is a bunch of stuff. Uh, Assassins sounds like a fascinating documentary. We talked yeah, about it at some it point really in does. the past yeah. about the, uh, the women who were duped into essentially murdering Kim Jong-un's brother uh, in an airport. Um, you mean essentially murdering? That seems pretty. <laughs> well, I guess, but I guess, I guess, it, can it be murder if you're doing it? The, it's murder right, by right. proxy, right? Sure. Yeah. Because they just didn't know. They thought they were just playing. Definitely him. died. Yes, he definitely died. They yes. definitely <laughs> caused his death. They just didn't yes. have any idea what they were doing. They were tricked right. into yeah. murdering someone. 
Um, I just like the idea. It's like, look, there's a lot of bells and whistles, but when you get down to it, it's murder. (laughs) I was just imagining like a giant Rube Goldberg machine, but with people. So they all had like one small role and only at the very end, they're like, Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. It's just a life-size version of mousetrap. Um, all right. uh, Farewell Amor comes out on the 11th, which I think, um, Scott, we did see. you see that? You saw that at AFI Fest. Yeah, you both, we both saw it. Didn't care um, for it. I thought it was okay. It has like three different storylines of three different family members, and I thought two of them worked way better than one of them. So it's oh, like... I thought one of them worked better than two of them. We, we didn't will, really talk about this movie. We will discuss later. But, um, you know, it's like, I think it's a first-time director, and, you know, you kind of feel that, but it has it has okay. its moments. You know, um, that's on the VOD as well. A new Julia Hart joint. I'm your woman. Um, she yeah. made uh, Miss. Yeah, she made Miss Stevens, which I think made my top ten list back in 2016, maybe 17. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, you were Fast definitely. Color. And she made, made Fast Color, which people really, really liked. I didn't think it was as good that's as Miss Stevens, but um, yeah, yeah uh, it's got its it's got its strong points. But uh, yeah, I'm your woman uh, has Rachel Brosnahan in it, and that's cool. Yeah, and that's actually out in theaters right now, but it'll be on Prime on the 11th. Okay. If you want to be safe at home, there you go. Um, Um, I also want to shout out... Oh, go ahead. I was going to mention Gunda just because people who listen to the podcast or listen to the BP Movie Journal know that I already saw it and I recommend it. Um, Minari, I saw at yeah. Sundance and was one of the best. This was a really good Sundance, um, which is good because I'm not going to be going to one. I'm glad that I uh, got a good Sundance in my belt before not going to Sundance in 2021. But uh, Minari is is terrific. Um, one of two great movies I saw at Sundance that, about a family, about a man forcing his family to relocate in the 1980s. <laughs> the other one being The Nest. In which Jude oh. Law moves his family to England here. Hot uh, subgenre. Yeah. Uh, here <laughs> in Minari, um, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, um, uh, a man moves his Korean family to rural Arkansas to start a farm in the 1980s. Uh, it's really, really good and um, stars Tyler's favorite actor of all time, Will Patton, among other people. And you know, the- I don't bash Will Patton like I used to uh, because <laughs> I just forgot about him because how could you not? Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, <laughs> and it stars the really, really ridiculously good-looking Steve Young. So Yes, yeah. Not out there. Um, I'm also, I have a disc of it, but I'm intrigued to see uh, Gunda. This he black- already said that. Damn. I already talked about it. <laughs> See, yeah. you're doing the thing it. that I, I do. Way ahead. Yeah, that's you're, what I. You're I, not I, living in the moment. Not living in the moment. Gunda I've, will teach me how to live in the moment. Gunda uh, will. Te- the black and white pig will teach you how to live in the moment. All right. There's a Mr. Dundee sequel for some reason. <laughs> Real hard pivot. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, there is a direct to VOD new installment in the Dundee franchise for With Chevy wait, Chase and John Cleese and Olivia Newton-John. Yep. Wait, Dun Dun like Crocodile Dundee. Yes. Like Crocodile yeah. Dundee. Yes. I never yes. heard of it called Mr. Dundee before. Look, I'm well, very tired right now. No, the, I'm just scrolling through the title. It's called the very excellent Mr. Dundee. Okay, yeah. I see. So he's moved on. He's trying to shed the crocodile image, I assume. I don't know. Okay. Um, I don't think I also, it's, it's, it's Paul Hogan playing a version of himself, I believe. I think I saw a trailer for this a while ago. And uh, it does not look particularly good. 
Uh, no, but, here's what you saw. You oh, saw okay. a parody commercial that happened two years ago. No, not Unrelated. that one. I, I, no, I, this I, says Paul Hogan, who plays himself. No, no, I know, but I'm saying he also played himself in a parody oh, yes. commercial from two years ago that everyone thought was a real movie, right, but wasn't. Yes. But this is. Yes, yeah. yes. It's um, all very meta. Okay. Yeah, maybe a little bit too much, in my opinion. But yeah. uh, uh, so. And the other. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, I also wanted to call out Songbird coming to VOD that day because that's kind of a weird case. Um, It's a Michael Bay produced movie that was the first major movie shot like in quarantine, like in the pandemic. So they're like, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a movie set in a pandemic. We're going to do the thing where all the actors have webcams and we're shooting on Zoom and we're distanced and we're doing all these things. And they're like, we're going to make it work. It's going to be weird. And then literally like a month later, all of Hollywood was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just make normal movies again. Yeah. So it's like they went so far out of their way to create this story and this thing. And then everyone was just like, nah, let's just do whatever we want. So that's that'll be interesting, I think. Cool cast on it. Though. Yeah. Cool cast. You have like um, Mr. Riverdale himself, KJ Appa. You have Bradley Whitford, Craig Robinson, Demi Moore, Paul Walter Hauser. Um, hey. But it is Friend set in this show. current pandemic four years in the future when it's way worse and i am somewhat wondering what the audience is for that yeah um but listen they really wanted to make a movie and they did so good for them yeah Um, good for them that'll it does feel odd that there have not been like eight unfriended movies made during this time they're just like this this is our moment we've got it yeah um well i think uh, i mean the first big movie that was produced during the pandemic at least partially was borat 2 i think uh right i think that, that beat started it before it started before yeah this was the first one like conceived right. and right. like fully had the idea like under lockdown so yeah that'll be on vod if you want to you know torment yourself i guess um, um I, also on the 11th the stand-in is the new a, film from jimmy babbitt director of but i'm a cheerleader it stars uh drew barrymore yay holland taylor yay and tj miller <laughs> yeah that's exactly the one i was How going really to bring feel? up um the uh yeah the premise looked really fun to really fun to me and uh it looks like it had you know it's got the opportunity to give like Drew Barrymore like something. I, I've always seen her as kind of a, a limited actress, but within that she can be really good. And I'm really intrigued by the notion of this film. Um, and given the the director's um, uh, history and, and her filmography, like I, I actually think that uh, there's the potential to like really do something with the premise. Cause I think in the wrong hands, this kind of premise could just be like cutesy and really not explore anything. But uh, I, I'm really intrigued by it. And I knew I didn't know about it until now. And I'm actually really excited for it. Uh, and then the last thing for me on the 11th, just want to mention Wander Darkly, which uh, has Sienna Miller, Diego Luna and the great Beth Grant. Beth, there you go. Uh, so that's a selling point. Oh, and Vanessa Bear selling point for me, for sure. Oh yeah, there you go. That's what I get for stopping. I, I stopped reading the cast after Beth Grant. I was like sold. I was like, <laughs> like stop drilling. You hit oil. <laughs> I always skim to the bottom. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good idea. Uh, the Leonard Moulton game style. Yeah, absolutely. We got to play more games um, on this show, David. I think I would enjoy that. I like a game. I like yeah. a game. If I win, let's think um, about that. It's worth exploring. <laughs> 
Um, okay. So then I think moving on to the sure. 18th, I would say, again, the kind of marquee titles, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which we did talk about last time. Um, it's an August Wilson adaptation with Viola Davis, and it's the last performance of Chadwick Boseman. So um, he's going he's gonna to win the Oscar, right? I mean, probably. Take it oh. to the bank. But like... Um, I think since we last recorded, reviews have come out and they are over the moon. They are like so, so, so positive. Um, They say the movie's great and both of them are great. So really looking forward to that. Um, It's a period piece. Viola Davis gained a ton of weight. You can't lose. Um, There's also The Father, which we can touch on last time. Olivia Coleman and um, Anthony Hopkins. He's her father with dementia based on a play um, that played well at festivals. Um, and I also want to shout hasn't he, out, hasn't he like Anthony, in proof, didn't Anthony Hopkins already play like a father with dementia based on a play? I mean, he's looked the same for a while. Fair it's enough. like how yeah. someone was interviewing Robert Duvall and he's a bit like, I've been dying on screen for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been old the whole time. Like, yeah. you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, But I want to shout out also Greenland because I think this holds the record. This is a Gerard Butler vehicle, some kind of post-apocalyptic weather disaster. It's coming to premium VOD. And I think it holds the record for most pandemic related date changes because I counted and there's five. Wow. They just kept inching it through the summer until they gave up and said, forget it, we're doing VOD. And then they moved it another two months on VOD. So it has had six different dates. So they have just truly given up on Greenland, but maybe it's worth your premium VOD dollars. I don't know. It's got Marina Baccarin in it from uh, Firefly and Homeland. Did somebody mention the the comeback trail already or am i have i gotten ahead of us a little bit no you're still that's the 18th so you can still talk about it okay um you know it's the the premise sound like like anything i mean i've come to realize that like the premise for any movie is completely neutral um it can even if it's the most original premise it can always be ruined um and with the premise like this where uh let's see a man in debt to a mob boss creates insurance fraud by casting a washed up suicidal cowboy movie star in a poorly written western you can do that really again really cutesy and really like especially with this cast like robert de niro morgan freeman tommy lee jones like it could be one of those like look at these old men doing goofy things um or it could be really interesting especially with like tommy lee jones in that in that role of like the washed up suicidal cowboy movie star um but uh, but it does have a really good cast including emile hirsch and uh, as I mentioned, I'm kind of a sucker for Tommy Lee Jones. I didn't see Man of the House, but uh, outside of that, I've seen a lot of his stuff and I always enjoy, I think I always enjoy him. I oh, also didn't pull. see Man of the House. Well, I we, saw, okay, we've uh, never I saw we've The House Bunny the and house? I saw Bringing Down the House. <laughs> well, is there's That's Man true. of the House with Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but then like 10, 15 years later, there was the one, I think it's called Man of the House, where Tommy Lee Jones like it oversees is. like a, 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 a house cheerleaders? cheerleaders or something. Yeah. 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 I think it's called Man so of the House. It is because we never saw it, but for some reason, that trailer got so seared in my brain that I perpetually hear Tommy Lee Jones going, This is my happy face. Because he says that in the trailer. That's right. That all the time. So we apply it to every Tommy Lee Jones performance. We do. Yeah. So it's like, This is my homesman face. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. I remember, uh, 
I, uh, at the time I remember seeing a trailer for that. I'm like, what the hell is he doing in this? And then shortly thereafter seeing the trailer for three barriers of Melchiatus Estrada. And I was like, got it. Yeah. Which he directed. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I, I can, I can try, I can yeah. uh, connect the dots here. Cause effect. I knew some guys in college who were really proud of the fact that they saw man of the house. They're like, you guys aren't real film fans. Do you go see man of the house? We go see man of the house. It's like, that this is a weird hill to die on. I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we also, this is one that we talked about previously, but the date got moved. Uh, Deanne Taylor's fatale. Uh, um, I only mentioned because Deanne Taylor's, I guess two movies ago, cause I didn't see his last one, but two movies ago was the intruder with Michael Ely. Who's also in this one. Uh, Dennis Quaid was in that one. Uh, and that's really good. Uh, but this time it's Michael Ely and Hillary Swank. But um, I like him. Uh, Hunter Hunter is a, a sort of a serial killer horror type movie that stars Devin Sawa and uh, erstwhile John Connor, Nick Stahl. Oh, Taking it back to the 90s. <laughs> well, yeah. There's also I mean, Nick Stahl was. I'm just saying Nick Stahl was John Connor in the 2000s, right? That's true. He was in, in, in one movie, yes. 2003 he was in uh he was john connor right, in, but uh, i referred to him as the erstwhile john connor sure. so i was referring to the 21st century <laughs> uh okay how many people have played john connor at this point oh god i'll, I'll TV exclude tv too. yeah the, okay. in which uh, was it thomas decker um but yeah, See, I, think, yeah I don't even know yeah as far as i know too I, basically i don't know if there's the ever two been from the movies i saw yeah <laughs> I don't think he's ever, it's ever been the same actor twice now that I think about it. Uh, Probably not. Yeah, so we all, we all get a turn. Um, I, oh, I can't wait. I've got such big ideas for when I'm going to be <laughs> John Connor. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play him with like a, with like a limp and like, I'm going to like a hunch. I'm going to play him like a hunchback. Yeah. Um, okay. uh, and then also on the 18th, the, the dissident is a documentary about Jamal Khashoggi, which uh, definitely sounds, uh, you know, uh, timely and important. Although I think it's from the guy who made Icarus, which I didn't like. It is. It is. So uh, good luck. Good luck with all that. <laughs> Christmas. Uh, no, because December 23rd. Well, Christmas adjacent. Okay, sure. Whatever you want to call it. December you can watch 23rd, it on Christmas if you want, I guess. Yes. You can watch it on Christmas I'm if gonna. you want. Is um, the new George Clooney directing and starring vehicle, The Midnight Sky, coming to yeah. Netflix. Um, it's his first on-screen film role in four years. Um, uh, what was that noise? That was, yeah. It was the noise of having seen other George Clooney movies since Good Night and Good Luck. Yes, it is. Um, which, like, it's... And, you know, I didn't mind the Ides of March. I thought it was a perfectly fine film, yeah, solid. Um, but it's it, it's like a solid like uh, it's like a two. It, you know, it's very much the kind of uh, like political corruption movie that I would have written in high school. And in fact, did I wrote a script called The Model Citizen that if you go back and read it, you're like, what the hell does this guy know about political corruption? The answer is nothing, by the way. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what I feel with the Ides of March, just a really great cast, um, but still a, a, a good broad uh, movie. But yeah, compared to Good Night and Good Luck, like I think increasingly that's like a fluke um, because I also well, I, what was that? He is branching out. I mean, this is a post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie based on a book. Yeah. So it's different. It's got a good, it got a good cast. Yeah. 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 Also, um, we'll see. Felicity Jones is in it and she got pregnant after being cast and George Clooney just rewrote the character as pregnant. Oh, that's nice. Good for him. That's pretty cool. 
And it's got David Oyelowo and Damian Bashir and Kyle Chet. Let's get a good cast. And so, and the premise is not bad. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, it's, I, uh, George Clooney is an actor by all means. Uh, I'm, I'm all in favor of it, but as a director and not a hundred percent. Yeah. I had actually forgotten about Suburbicon for a moment. I know, right? Uh, Suburbicon, but uh, Suburbicon was saved by Passengers from being named my worst movie of the decade. <laughs> if it weren't for Passengers, Suburbicon Thank would have God been. Thank God for Passengers. <laughs> oh, Somewhere George Clooney is wiping his brow I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> All right, we got a, a bunch of fun shit on Christmas. Let's start off with the one everyone's obviously uh, foaming at the mouth for, which is the new Paul W.S. Anderson movie, Monster Hunter. Of course. Starring... Mila Jovovich and Tony Jaa and T.I. and Megan Good. Quite a, oh, and Ron Perlman. I'm actually interested in this movie. I'm actually interested in this movie for sure. Uh. <laughs> I haven't seen a Paul W.S. Anderson movie forever. I, maybe since the second Resident Evil. I'm going to guess he hasn't changed much because he hasn't had much reason to. But yeah, it's, you know what? Anything can be good. And maybe this is a, an astonishing film. Well, I think I, I liked Resident Evil, so uh, I didn't right, care much. Did. I forget. I didn't care much for the second one. I thought Underworld was kind of bland, and I feel like that's the entire list of Paul W. Henderson movies I've seen. <laughs> he did Mortal Kombat, right? I never saw it. Oh, okay. I think so I remember liking it at the time, but I think I might have been fourteen, um, <laughs> which like tends to be like, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. We also have the aforementioned Wonder Woman 1984, which is a joint release on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, I'm bummed that this is not going to make a billion dollars, but I'm kind of psyched I get to watch it on Christmas Day. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Like when I saw sort of the teaser trailer, I thought like, yeah, it looks fine. Then when I saw the extended trailer with like, you know, Kristen Wiig uh, in in the, was it, what's the character's name? Like Tigress or something like that? Is it cheetah? cheetah? Who am I thinking I think it's of? Cheetah. Okay. It's cheetah. But yeah. but uh, it's such a it just looks like a lot of fun, which I you know, the first Wonder Woman is a lot of fun. So I'm I'm really I really look I'm looking forward to it, although I'm a little bit skeptical at the return of uh, a certain character that did not make it out of the first one. Um I don't know why I'm being Katie yeah. about it. He's in the trailer. <laughs> Even um, I know what you're referring to. Yeah. So it's uh, I little... love comic book shit like that. Like, just go for it. Just do the weird thing. It just seems weird that that's that 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 character because he's there's nothing fantastical about him. Um, he's just um, a guy. He's very charming and good looking. Excuse me. <laughs> Were no, we I, watching the same movie? <laughs> no, I, I I get it. And you know, obviously, people that are good looking just have better ability. They have abilities we don't have. Yeah. Um, or at least I don't have. I don't want to speak yeah, like about you guys. You guys are fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They live forever um, and thank God because we all get to look at them. Um, um, it's also, um, it's going to be streaming in 4K. They're making a special point of mm. having it be a 4K release on HBO Max. So again, not quite a movie theater, but we're doing what we can here. I am intrigued and have been since I first saw the trailer forever ago uh, by a promising young woman. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I feel like I, I I recently rewatched an education and I realized like I I always like Carrie Mulligan, like even in movies that I don't really care for. She's always really reliable. And this type of character looks looks like she it really gives her something a little new uh, to to sort of sink her teeth into. And so I'm, I'm really excited. In the, and the tone of the film kind of, again, is based solely on the trailer. So it could just be the trailer that I'm talking about, but kind of has this fun, like 
punk rock quality while still having a like a deep well of like pain underneath so i feel like it can it can have like stylistic flourishes while still really exploring um you know a, a societal issue and so i'm i'm really excited for it yeah i'm a huge carrie mulligan fan i will watch her in absolutely anything i've kept up since in education and not about to stop now yeah it also has great supporting cast bo burnham allison Bree, jennifer coolidge Lauren yeah. cox so yeah. I'm going to be the, I guess I'm going to be the asshole here because I feel like <laughs> promising young woman had the, the kind of Sundance buzz that makes me suspicious. Mm. If you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Oh, sure. Uh, so I'm, uh, going in with, a uh, I don't know, taking it with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah. And I, I rarely follow that kind of thing. And yet I do know what you're talking about. Like mm. uh, a film like this where people are like, Oh my gosh, this is like, like they just, it's like the 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 deepest it's it, okay this sounds shitty like when people talk about like the the dark knight jokers like we just it's like holy shit i've never seen a villain like that and it's like well you haven't really been paying attention then uh there are <laughs> yeah. so much better and deeper villains than this and so like i think for some people and i realize it's sundance but i feel like for some people promising young woman might be like the edgiest film they've ever seen um it's like oh, well so i i could see i see what you mean but i'm still looking forward to it all right. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm just the only parade rainer runner here. <laughs> I'll see what I can do about something later on. Um, well, if I mean, you guys could rain in my parade because a movie that I'm inadvisably excited about, I think, is uh, Matteo Garoni taking on Pinocchio. Apparently, this is what happens. Italian directors build up some goodwill and then they blow it by making Pinocchio movies <laughs> like Roberto Benigni, which, by the way, Matteo Garone fucking cast in this Pinocchio, yeah. like As really Geppetto. just steering, really steering into it. Yeah. As Geppetto. Yeah. I saw a meme that was like, you either die Pinocchio or live long enough to become <laughs> Geppetto. Um, I'm so, uh, I like Matteo Garone's, Garone's uh, movies. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to uh, him uh, uh, applying his uh manic sort of uh sometimes funny sometimes very disturbing intensity to pinocchio of all things well that's definitely a story and then having to go back to basics and everyone be like oh he's back with this one yeah yeah (laughs) it's and the story of like the original story of pinocchio and frankly even the disney film has moments of extreme you know extremely disturbing Mm -hmm. uh elements and so it if he plays into that uh, i think he's in in good shape we also have, again, allegedly heavily asterisk, a new Paul Greengrass movie on Christmas right. Day um, starring Tom Hanks as in it's set in like the Old West. I mean, like it sounds cool. I don't think it's coming out, but like we'll really? see. <laughs> I've really? seen, I've seen a lot of trailers a VOD for it. Plan or anything? There's no VOD plan announced, but it is universal. So they might do premium VOD. Right. So we'll see. Oh, this is one that benefits from starting at the bottom of the cast list. Uh, Elizabeth Marvel and yeah. Mary Winningham. See? Both, uh, yeah, both uh, selling points for me. And also uh, Michelangelo Covino, uh, the star co-writer and director of The Climb, which uh, I saw a year ago. But uh, I guess, is did it ever come out? It did. I think it okay. just came out. Okay. It, it was out. on, our, I remember it was yeah. on our fall movie preview. I couldn't remember, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, okay. I'm excited about news of the world which is definitely coming out on Christmas. Definitely. Um, we also have One Night in Miami, which does come to Amazon Prime a month 
later. No, two weeks later, um, January 15th. Three weeks. Three, I don't do math. It's fine. Sounds um, like about 21 days later, which is three weeks. Yeah. If I'm doing the math, if they're still having 31 days in December this year, as they have in the past, make then I'm plans for it. <laughs> Look, you don't invite me on the podcast for my math skills. I'm sure of no. it. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, that is based on a play about the meeting of, well, it's a fictional meeting, sorry to burst your bubble, but of like four major characters from history. It is Malcolm X, um, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke. Who's the other Jim one? Brown. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Okay. Yeah. And it's directed by Regina King, which is super cool. Apparently this was like a big festival hit and not just Sundance Delirium because it played throughout the year and was, I think, similarly acclaimed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really cool. And maybe this is like overthinking it, but, you know, we're starting to like, there's starting to be an increased demand for female directors, which is great and necessary. But I think there's still kind of this weird segmentation where they're like, yeah, we need a female director for this movie about women. Totally. So the, the fact that they got Regina King, I think first time director to mm. direct this movie about four very famous dudes is very cool to me because it shows like people are thinking bigger and you're even seeing this a little bit, um, with something like Marvel movies, like for a while it was like, okay, we need a girl director for the girl heroes. But then like you have like Chloe Zhao doing the Eternals and you have like Ava DuVernay doing, wait, Eternals? No, Uh, New Gods, New Gods, there it is. Um, But just like they're realizing that they don't just have to do the girl ones, which, so I think it's very cool. Well, I think I have the same cautiousness around this movie that Tyler does, I can tell. Because yeah, directorial debut from a, an established actor is uh doesn't always turn out well yeah. good night and good luck notwithstanding well that wasn't even <laughs> his debut that was his second film uh what was his debut oh yeah confessions of a dangerous mind which i liked yeah. at the time and probably would not like if i saw today i think well of course you it's liked it at the time flashy. because because everything about it is him trying to just approximate Soderbergh. Um, right. yeah. And so if you like Soderbergh, you'll, you'll like it, but yeah. See, I'm rooting uh, for one night in Miami, but I do have that, that bit of, uh, uh, you know, untested. Yeah. Yeah. My only hesitation is that it's based on a play, which also has a tendency to be like too jazzed up and just, you know, try to, distract us too much from the playness of it all it's like no yeah it's probably good for a reason you get a first time you get a first time director who is adapting a play into a film and will and could very well uh wind up trying to overdo it and be like no we got to make this cinematic and then making it too stylistic uh and and like undercutting the the inherent power of it like there's a lot of it could be great and i want it to be great but there's a lot of uh you know a lot of red flags for me. This is uh, the, the biggest, the perfect example for me of um, uh, a play that got sort of uh, uh, over film, filmified um, is the one from last year that had as many popes in it as you guys have Christmas trees, um, <laughs> uh, which the two popes was based on a play. And the stuff that works in that movie is the play stuff. And yeah. then they added all this other shit sure. that it didn't need. And that dragged down the average of the entire movie. Unfortunately, and I would say even the play stuff was like too many cuts. Yeah. 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 Well, I just and- want them to hang out and watch Commissar Rex. That's all I want. 
<laughs> um, uh, I'm guessing Tyler didn't see the two popes. Uh, I did not. I'm sorry. Okay, so you don't know the Camus Rex thing. The, um, the pope, what, what is it, Benedict? He's obsessed with this like this super weird like old German TV show where it's like what is it, a dog detective or something? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's it essentially a, a dog. But it, it was, I really yeah. do not remember this thread at all. Wait, what? This is the main <laughs> takeaway from the two popes for me. No, this was a yeah. real show yeah. in Germany that I guess. I don't know if the Pope actually liked it, but they show him watching it and it is a real show. Yeah, that's I've, Julie. I was on the same page. Natalie and I had the same takeaway. We were like, as soon as the movie was over, like on the way home and I was like, get on your phone, go to IMDb, find out if that was a real show. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. It, it just um, made such an impression on us. Um, uh, and then I'll, I'm going to repeat myself from the fall movie preview, but I'm really excited about the truffle hunters. I really want to see it because um, it's a documentary from the directors of the last race, uh, which uh, is one of my favorite documentaries of the last five to 10 years. Um, so uh, I'm very excited about the truffle hunters. Um, you also have Sylvie's love, which stars Tessa Thompson. Um, it's a period piece from the fifties about jazz. That's on Amazon prime that day. The jazz is smooth and the air is sultry in the hot New York summer of 1957. Look, speak oh. in my language. We I'm... just pull the official synopses. All right. You know, we, we No, I'm all about it. You're all we, about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, oddly aroused. Films, I talked about, uh, how one of my big, uh, pet, uh, things I enjoy in movies is just people hanging out and being hot and sweaty great cinematic environment have you heard of porn <laughs> no nothing has to go down i just want them okay. to be talking to each other so that's sultry <laughs> enough for me okay so, so it's all got it's it. all um, tennessee well, I mean, for you they're not always going down in porn there's filters on Pornhub. you can stick <laughs> the acts you like nice uh, intriguing <laughs> uh if we're moving on to the 26th there's one movie on the well, 26th real, oh did i skip real one quick um it's a real weird pivot from porn into Disney, but we do have a new Pixar movie on yeah, Christmas. Both just as distasteful. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the new Pixar movie Soul that they delayed a few times and then gave up and put it on Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying it's actually pretty good. Um, who knows? It's, but, Pete, it's you know. Pete Doctor, who I, I usually trust for the most part he's maybe not my favorite pixar director but i do usually like his stuff i feel like his instincts are are ones that i that i like at least from a yeah. writing standpoint do you guys it's ever have the thing go oh, ahead it's basically inside out but souls instead of feelings is hmm. what okay. i'm getting from this um so who knows but do you guys ever have this experience where so many people that you follow like on twitter have seen a movie that you like forget that it didn't actually come out yet mm. yeah oh it's actually <laughs> now yeah. yeah i have no idea if anything's out yeah, yeah I, I i i if you had asked me i might have said i thought that soul was out already <laughs> yeah i saw it reviewed in so many places yeah i was like oh i guess uh it's like i have disney plus maybe i'll check out check out soul what <laughs> it's like it's five weeks away what is going on here yeah um, well, they did keep moving it, so, you know. On the 26th, I don't know, uh, other than this logline here, the death of a woman's grandmother triggers an identity crisis and tensions within her family. That's all I know about it. It's called DNA. But it's directed by actress-turned-director Mai Wen. Um, that's one word. Um, uh, and stars Fanny Ardant and Louis Garrel. Um, so I'm uh, uh, definitely intrigued about that. Mai Wen made a movie, God, a 2013 movie, I think, called Police, but spelled all, like, Frenchy. P O L I S S E, Frenchy, eh? Yeah, that uh, that that I liked quite a, quite a bit. So, um, um, yeah, uh, 
interested in DNA. Aren't we all? Um, the 30th, uh, this movie, uh, Pieces of a Woman, sounds interesting. It certainly has a hell of a cast. And it sound, and the premise sounds uh, pretty devastating in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, so Radiant it might not, be, some, yeah, it might not yeah. be something I want to throw on casually. But, uh, but with a cast that includes Ellen Burstyn and Molly Parker, uh, I definitely am interested. And Shia LaBeouf. I, I think True. we're all on board with Shia LaBeouf these days. Yeah. I no and, longer and, have to the mattresses for him. And uh, Benny Safdie, actually. Now oh, that yeah. I see it. Yeah. Man, um, what a cast. And, well, it's actually Vanessa Kirby, who's the lead, and she is sure. getting huge Oscar buzz. So this is one that played many festivals and got huge reception, all of them. So that's theatrical on the 30th and then um, on Netflix like a week later, which seems like a really weird formality in a pandemic, like <laughs> this whole staggering. But it's like, listen, whatever you got to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's apparently – a hard set, but people are into it. So, yeah. Are we moving into the new year then? Yeah. Yes. 2021. A new, a new Robert Rodriguez movie kicks off 2021. Yeah. It's called We Can Be Heroes. And it's got Peter it's a, Pascal. But it's a sequel it's to... A sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. Oh. Well, sort of. It's a standalone spinoff set in the same universe. Don't get it twisted, folks. So I feel so embarrassed. I'm going to be so disappointed I, if it doesn't pick up immediately after the events. <laughs> that's why I'm trying girl, to warn you. Which I've been on the edge of my seat for, for 15 years. That's now. why I'm trying okay. to warn you. I respect you Robert Rodriguez so much. Oh, like sure. his, like his, his is like, Hey, you know, this movie I made that no one really cared that much about at the time because it just seemed like a sub spy kids type thing. I'm going to do an, a movie within that. It has nothing to do with that. It's in the same universe though. And it's yeah. like, can't you, I'm sure you can't wait to jump back into the universe of, of shark boy and lava girl. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just, I like that. He just does things his own way and whatever interests him and probably his kids uh, who I guess are probably grown at this point, but uh, yeah, that's what he's going to do. And I his, appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know. I, I'm guessing all the comic con at home stuff is still available on YouTube, but the uh, um, there was a like, talking with the director saying it was him and uh the connor trevorrow and uh uh, uh the dude who Colin made Trevor? um yeah what, what what did i say connor, connor. all right whatever um Sweet brother and then the the dude who made like uh tron legacy um mm. i forget his name anyway but robert Rodriguez is clearly the draw of that entire panel and has so many great uh stories about how he makes movies his own way including that he intentionally writes third act style reveals into the first or second act of all of his movies which both helps his movies but also gives the studio something to put in the trailer without giving away the actual third act reveal well done uh it's a guy yeah play the game yeah yeah um he designs all his own posters uh, they don't always use them, but uh, <laughs> he, he designed. But he did design the Predators poster. I guess they ended up using his his yeah. design uh, for that. Anyway, it's I was going to say uh, either they were discarding his designs, or he has really terrible design taste because, like, the Spy Kids or Shark Boy posters are like, right. okay, those are the characters in the movie. Yeah. Okay, so um, what else is on the first? Anything else? No, not a lot okay. going on. Onto the eighth, uh, I carry you with me is a movie that uh, Scott and I both saw during I saw AFI well. Fest. Oh, Julie was there too, and I don't know how you feel. Scott and I disliked it to different degrees, but both mostly disliked it. I think. 
Yeah. I So for those who don't know, basically the director, Heidi Ewing, is a documentary filmmaker. She started making this movie as a documentary. It's about a love story of men who are, what, in their 50s now? Something like that. And she was basically like, actually, you know what? I would really love to have a like fictionalized narrative part of the movie that's them when they were younger. So she did. So like I would say three quarters of the movie is that. And then a quarter at the end is a documentary. So I thought the quote unquote fiction part, I was into that. I thought it was like really beautiful and just like, you know, very naturalistic acting and like the romance felt real to me. And then it is just suddenly a documentary of these real guys 20 years later. And I never recovered from that. (laughs) It just was too abrupt. It was just like, it, Hmm. it was just too much. So I would still recommend it overall because most of the movie is the earlier fiction stuff. Um, but yeah, varying opinions, it seems. Yeah. Um, so it seems like Julie liked it the most. I think Natalie liked it the most. Then Julie, then me, then Scott. Hey, it Scott sounds like hated. an interesting, it sounds like an interesting, like uh, experiment. Uh, if nothing yeah. else, it sounds like a lot of things. Uh, I will probably not watch this movie, but I'm in love with the synopsis for the devil's light about a nun with a gift for exorcism facing institutionalized sexism within the church. Sounds great. You could not have a more like 2020 premise than that. Uh I think it's a true story though. I don't know if it says that, but I I think I remember reading. It's a true story. It's like including the gift for exorcism. Yeah. I feel like the phrasing there is interesting, (laughs) but they still do exorcisms. They do them though. Yeah. No, also, I know, but... there's no reason to think this is a modern set film. Oh, I, I would hope it's not. Yeah. They yeah, have criticisms like you wouldn't believe. They're doing them yeah. left and right. Again, the it really is just the phrasing, like, <laughs> as though it's like a fun party trick. Like, yeah, it sounds like, like the Queen's Gambit or something. <laughs> <laughs> like I used to like uh, like I can tap out the Super Mario Brothers theme on my back teeth. I have a gift for that, you know, and it's in the same way. She has a gift for uh, exorcisms. Yeah. So. Coming the eighth from Lionsgate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> moving moving along. on to um, the fifteenth. Then yeah, yeah. There is allegedly a new Guy Ritchie movie that day called The Wrath of Man. Wait, did his like Kingsman prequel ever come out? No, that's he's that's, not la- that's later. That. Oh, yeah. he's not directing that. Okay, right. I assume and it's we'll Matthew Vaughn. All right, but yeah. yeah, it's it got pushed. I think it's February. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is called Wrath of Man. It has Jason Statham and Josh Hartnett randomly. Um, it has big January energy and not even like a this year January, yeah. like a regular January. Well, like The Gentleman, which was a January yeah. release and wasn't very good. Yeah. Um, this has, uh, I mean, you left out, you forgot uh, Holt McElhaney is in it. Sure. From oh, Mindhunter. No, Everyone no, likes Holt McElhaney. Uh, yeah, I, we yeah. haven't watched any Mindhunter, so. Yeah. Oh, it's good. And he's great in it. And I he plays a character McCallum, right? Oh, is it? I, I don't know. I'm just saying. This it, is uh, it. I didn't want to wade into this pronunciation debate. Right. I was yeah. just, but you know, apparently he's playing a character named Bullet, which makes sense because he looks like a bullet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's often cast as characters that could be described as human bullets, uh, <laughs> but not like from the tick. Would you say this to his face? Oh, he knows. He would. T- <laughs> okay. He would say it to our face. Okay. Well, as long as we're all on the same page, I guess. Um, um, I was going to just skip past this movie. Don't tell a soul until I saw that Mina Suvari is in it. Yeah. Watch out. And seen her in anything forever. Um, she in, was in, in a weird OJ Simpson 
alternate theory Boy, movie. She sure was. I uh, <laughs> I went down a. Uh, I don't. The aforementioned Nick Stahl. Um, I don't remember where I for some reason i was curious about what he was up to and he was in it uh and uh it is a very it was a very poorly received film um but yes. it definitely intrigued me and i don't remember the name of it but yes it was uh it was like the it was i think it was called like the murder of nicole brown simpson which suggested yeah, that like oj that. didn't work alone and uh, she plays nicole brown simpson and uh mm. i'm you know what i'm curious uh how horrendous this movie could be but I think, I, you know what, I'll, I'll check it out and I'll let you know next movie journal. Um, uh, yeah, looking at Mina Savari's filmography, other than playing herself in a sketch on Inside Amy Schumer, which I don't remember happening, uh, the last thing I saw her in was American Reunion eight years ago. Hmm. All right. But I, I like out, There's a new Mortal Kombat movie coming out. We were just talking about Mortal Kombat. We oh. were just talking about Mortal Kombat, and I was, yes, waiting for it to come back around. Um, this, as of two days ago, is they're going to change the date. Like they're basically already talking about when to move it to. So it probably will not be in this window. Um, that's very interesting to me that they think it is such a viable commercial property that they have to move it. Like, I'm not saying it's definitely not. It's just like, you know, they're putting wonder woman 1984 on HBO max, but they're not going to like, you know, I think you would have to deliver mortal Kombat to people's homes. The gamers, they're not going anywhere. That's true. Right. I, I like the log line. Oh, I'm suspicious of the long line. Reboot of the popular 90s video game and film franchise. Now, hold on. Is <laughs> yeah. it a reboot of the popular 90s video game? Yes. Space and film franchise? Or is it a reboot of the popular 90s video game and film franchise? Because then I'm not entirely sure that applies. I think they, I think they mean it one way. But in actuality, it's very much the other. <laughs> I mean, in all likelihood, this was a synopsis I wrote for the site because there wasn't one. And I was like, you know, it's more Mortal Kombat. So I wouldn't overanalyze. <laughs> um, um, a couple of uh, really fascinating documentaries on the 15th. Uh, yeah, the uh, MLK FBI MLK looks FBI. really good to me. And also Some Kind of Heaven from Lance Oppenheim. Mm. Oh, Which yeah. is about, I believe, the Village's retirement community in Florida. Yeah. 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 yeah those both look really, really interesting. Um, specifically, I, among the, the weird aspects of like history in the Cold War uh, that that interests me is just like the FBI just investigating and, sur and surveilling just everybody, like regardless of of like if they have even just a slightly different idea of things, it's just like better keep an eye on that person, whether it be John Lennon or Martin Luther King or whatever. And so like this documentary seems very interesting to me. MLK, FBI, yeah. not some kind of heaven. Right. Right. Um, um, well, the, yeah, the 20 uh, are we moving on to the 22nd because it's packed. Sure. Yeah. We got a new Doug Lyman joined everybody with a oh, an impressive I know, cast. This one's yeah, that's They've a good been cast. this movie for like three years. Yeah, it's called Chaos Walking. It is not a biopic of my life, um, oh. but it is. They shot it um, three years ago and have been doing expensive reshoots ever since. So it is wow. kind of like a weird, like mythical movie at this point. I love I mean, I love dive climbing moves in general, but especially stitched together blockbusters. That definitely <laughs> is a fun energy. Yeah, you got, but, uh, Daisy, Daisy Ridley, Tom Holland, Mads Mikkelsen as Mayor Prentice. I bet he turns out to be the bad guy. Damien Bashir, <laughs> Cynthia Revo, Nick Jonas, um, and David Oyelowo. I know. Yeah, that's, well, a, that's a great cast. cast. It is like a YA, um, like dystopia thing, which is kind of 
funny because like they've kind of stopped making those, but because they started this so long ago, yeah. it's like yeah. they've died off in the intervening time. So, you know, pretty much most of them aside from the hunger games didn't really land. I feel like, yeah, well, at but least they, it's getting a release and not getting shunted off to TV, like the fourth divergent movie or whatever, or the third divergent yeah. movie. I also, I like oh, the, yeah, the, the maze runner movies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know you're a big, uh, maze runner guy. I don't know if I'd go. I, I am I, disappointed I, that. Go ahead. Uh, I am disappointed that none of these characters are named Chaos, though. Mm, true. <laughs> well, there is a character named Davy Prentice Jr., which is fun. Uh, sounds like a oh, he probably has to. Star. He probably has to stand up to his dad, Mayor Prentice, yeah. the villain, who may at that point kill him. It's all. It's oh, always possible. Lot to this, look forward it, to. The book trilogy is by Patrick Ness. Definitely coming out. Yeah. The book trilogy is by Patrick Ness, who wrote A Monster Calls, which I adore. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's all keep an eye on this one. This will be interesting. Yeah. If it comes out, I'm skeptical. It's sure. Cool. We'll see. Sure. Uh, I didn't realize until just now scrolling uh, ahead, we've got a movie coming on the 22nd that I've seen. Um, okay. Although it had a different name when I saw it at AFI Fest 2019. It was called The Friend. And now it's called Our Friend. Oh. Um, but it is... Uh, uh, it's a serious, like based on a true story, melodrama tearjerker right up my alley um, in which um, uh, Jason Siegel plays uh, a friend of a couple of uh, Casey Affleck, Dakota, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson is, has terminal cancer and, and Jason Siegel moves in with his friends and basically like sets his own life aside for uh, like a year to help this family in the last days of this woman's uh, life. It's um, it's more of a friendship movie, I think, than it is a cancer movie, but it's also very much a cancer movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, terrific, terrific cast. Uh, like I said, serious tearjerker um, and, and uh, very, uh, very effective, very up my alley. You can find a review of it at battleshipretention.com from last year's AFI Fest. Look at that. Oh, but again, um, yeah, it was, was called The Friend. Then right. now it's called Our Friend. Don't be confused. Yeah. Don't is this confused. like a mafia type thing? Like a friend of ours, friend of mine situation? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is simultaneous VOD release. So you can watch it from home. Um, there's also, okay, this is super weird to me. There's a documentary or it's like a documentary slash performance thing um, mm. called In and of Itself. It's a oh. filmed performance oh. Uh, oh, Tyler got real excited by that. <laughs> uh, I saw film? this. I saw this on oh, the stage. The movie? It's oh, the show? The show, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I saw it in Los Angeles. Uh, Jen and I did. And it's amazing. Well, they filmed it. And uh, everyone should see it. It's astonishing. Well, this says they filmed it in an intimate theater in New York City, so probably not the performance that Tyler and Jenny attended. Probably not. Um, but uh, Unless that's the real magic. Sorry, it's about a magician. I did. I forgot to. Right. I forgot to let that be established before I made that joke. <laughs> Indeed, yes. Can you explain to me because it looks like this weird thing? So it was at the Geffen Playhouse in LA, and they've been doing this weird run of this type of magic show. That to mm -hmm. me, it it looks like a TED Talk. It looks like TED Talk magic, and that's. I don't know how I feel about that. It it has the quality of like a one man show. You know, it's it's essentially like a long monologue interrupted by astonishing magic tricks. But it's not like suddenly, you know, uh, like uh, a helicopter appears out of nowhere or something like that. It's just like 
it's so fascinating. Like, for example, uh, he's talking in front of like a, a backdrop and the backdrop has these little alcoves where he like sets, you know, like a, a, a cup or something like that. And or he'll reach in and pick it up and reference it and then put it back. And then suddenly all the alcoves drop down and they're all just two dimensional uh, pictures. And you don't know how that happened or when, like you've been looking at this thing the whole time. And it's so it's it's stuff like that, where it's like you could say it's like low ambition magic, but it's still uh, astonishing. And then there's I mean, I'm I don't know how this was done, but like when you when you go into the theater, they have like a, a giant wall of like professions or titles. And it's like, hey, pick what however you see yourself, pick that. And so there was one that says the critic and then one that says the photographer. So I took critics, Jen took photographer, everybody took something at which point he goes through every single person in the theater and says, and says what they are. Um, and they're not holding it up or anything like that. They actually have to pick it and then uh, deposit it when they go into the theater. And then that's it. So I'm sure somebody's like, you know, reading it uh, into his uh, earpiece, but it's uh, if he has an earpiece, it, I assume he does, but uh, it's stuff like that. And it was a, such a wonderful experience. I really loved it partially because uh, because of the personal nature of it, that he is talking about his own life. He's talking about, you know, uh, difficulty difficulties he's had with his uh, family um, while also doing these pretty amazing, uh, uh, you know, magic tricks. And uh, boy, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch it because think, I want to experience it again. This is what I want to know. Do you, how do you think it will translate to a filmed thing? I think it could translate pretty well. The fact that Frank Oz is the director is interesting to me. Um, because he's somebody who has his own sense of theatricality because of his background with the Muppets. And so I think I'm, I'm so excited to see how this turns out. I think it will play. Um, okay. And, uh, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Okay. I think I just don't like magic. That's something I'm coming into <laughs> as an adult, but yeah. you know what, if you do, that's great. And I just, you know, and magic tends not to translate when it's on the screen, which is why, because the because everything is so personal to this guy, it's still effective on that level. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I I how exciting. Yeah, uh, I I'm excited to yeah. see it. So that's coming to Hulu. So right in your house. Um, I'm intrigued by this uh, the sound of Philadelphia, or as it may be retitled, our sound of Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> Fun classic uh, families. Growing Apart, Violent Struggles movie. Great cast, though. You got your yeah. Matthias Schoenarts, your Ryan Felipe, Paul Schneider, who's never in anything, because apparently he's a raging asshole, but he's a great actor. <laughs> he uh, is. Mako Monroe. Oh, yeah. Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a good time at the movies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do we have on the 22nd? Anything? Or are we moving on to the 29th of January, 2021? Um, there's also, I don't know if you mentioned it, Nine Days played at Sundance. It's basically the Pixar movie Soul, but live action is hmm. how I understand it to be. Um, has an interesting cast, though. Winston Duke, Zazie Beetz, Tony Hale, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, that's um, a good cast. Yeah, so. Okay. So on to the 29th, then? Um, actually, there's something on the 27th. There is a Netflix movie oh. called Penguin Bloom. Penguin yeah. Bloom. Which is not about a penguin. It's about a magpie. 
I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, but it's it's based. The book is in fact called the book is based on called Penguin the Magpie. Yeah. So listen, I don't know, but it's it's based on a true story about a woman who gets paralyzed, I think, and then like this bird is somehow instrumental in helping her recover. It stars Naomi Watts, and what's weird is this is the second movie in which Naomi Watts will have experienced a life changing traumatic event while on vacation in Thailand. Mm, right first being the impossible so she's really carving out a niche there um sure. but Jackie yeah weaver's in it i like that yeah um andrew lincoln of walking dead fame so yeah, yeah it's like a feel good well, let's hope it's better than the impossible <laughs> sure um but yes anyway on to the 29th Okay, well, I'm excited about The Little Things, which is a movie from John Lee Hancock starring Den- just just Denzel, according to, uh, which I, I appreciate. I, mean, I appreciate it last name. No, I mean, I didn't think it, it starred rapper Denzel Curry. So yeah. uh, Denzel, Rami Malek, and uh, Jared Leto. Why not throw him in there? But uh, yeah, I like uh, John Lee Hancock, who, who made... Um, the Alamo. Alamo and he yeah. made the rookie. I think most recently he made the founder, which I think I'm wasn't nuts about, but I might be the only one on this podcast. who wasn't nuts about it. I liked it quite a bit. And I, I also like saving, I dug it. I, I also it. like saving Mr. Banks, which he made. Um, I, I did not care for the blind side, but that's me. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah I guess I'm, fo- I'm focusing on his credits from 20 years ago yeah. to be excited about a new <laughs> yeah. movie. I should realize that I haven't actually liked a movie of his since the Alamo, but the well, thing is I remember yeah. the Alamo you and therefore I am it. excited. Uh, for the movie. That's what's important. Um, it is slated <laughs> for a theatrical release right now, but it's rumored for HBO max. So it looks okay. like Warner brothers is looking at its slate and that's one that seems well, right for the HBO Max move, but that's know, not whatever. a surprise given that so much of its uh, supporting cast is taken from HBO. You've got Chris Bauer oh. from The Wire. You've got Terry Kinney from Oz. You've got Michael Hyatt also from The Wire. Um, I, I feel like there was more that, but yeah, you know, I, I, I keep I give three examples, so that's enough. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, looking at another movie, what is with Tate Taylor's ability to assemble these amazing casts? I think he's like a nice guy. He must be the nicest man. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about breaking news in Yuba County. Yeah. Okay. This cast has Aquafina, Clifton Collins Jr., Regina Hall, Allison Janney, Mila Kunis, uh, Jimmy Ellen Simpson, Park, and who's always Bean. fun. I don't know who that is, but okay. Oh. Yeah. So, you'd, know uh, him, so you'd know him if you saw him. Uh, uh, Julia Lewis. Yeah. Juliet Lewis, Samira Wiley from The Handmaid's Tale, Bridget Everett, who's a, a New York comedic Indian. personality. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know what she does. It's, she's she's not, she's not a stand-up, so I don't know if that's the right. I don't know if calling her I a comedian is. is the right. Is she? I mean, she's more like she's a lounge act. Making you laugh. Yeah. I mean, she's like walks around and sings. I feel like she's more of like a comedic lounge act. It's kind of like a throwback, I except guess. that her that's except fair. that her material is very not throwback it's very raunchy right. um yeah but she was in uh train wreck wasn't she i never, um, I never saw it she sounds like someone who could be in train wreck she was also <laughs> on the short-lived maria bamford netflix show lady dynamite okay um well yeah, yeah breaking yeah breaking news in yuba county quite news. a cast um yeah it's a comedy it sounds like kind of um I don't know that it's de- definitely Southern. It just seems Southern. It does seem Southern. Um, it's like a scandal <laughs> in a small town kind of yarn. Um, but yeah, that cast, 
I'm into it. It sounds it sounds like a like a fun movie and a, like a, a darkly fun movie that, frankly, now that I look at the at the premise, it feels like it's been done before, but uh, still good cast, and I imagine it'll be pretty funny. Uh, let's see. I think, can we move on to February? Yeah, February, okay. Um, well, February uh, 5th. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, as long as I'm uh, uh, staking out the role of guy who's interested in movies that have the word little in the title. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Chad Hardigan's new movie, Little Fish, uh, uh, comes out um, starring Olivia Cook and Jack O'Connell. So that's pretty cool. Um, Chad Hardigan. Yeah, it's about made. a pandemic, weirdly enough, but a pandemic that causes memory loss. So it's like escapism from our current pandemic. Okay. You know what I mean? Because you can forget about sick it. Sick of our current you, you can, yeah. It's lose yourself in this fictional pandemic. You can forget it. You can forget ah, Exactly. See what you did. <laughs> well, it was what I did um, first, and then Scott stole my joke. Um, oh, I didn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, I like Chad Hardigan. I didn't also, love Morris from America, but I liked this is Martin Bonner. And I am, again, I've mentioned this every time Chad Hardigan comes up, I am in his first movie, Luke and Brie on, or on a first date as an extra. Oh. There's literally, he's just like, yeah. it's like an establishing shot of a bar where an actual scene takes place. And to establish this in a bar, they needed someone to like walk in the front door. So I walked down the street and walked in the front door of the bar. It's and the I believe part it's, you were born to play, David. Always walking but indoors. It, but it's because that movie is shot by um, a friend of the show. Um, uh, was that movie shot by Andrew Reed? Maybe Andrew it wasn't. Because now oh. when I look up the cinematographer, he's not the one credited. But um, maybe he, maybe he was... the camera department? Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah, Andrew Reed, camera operator. Um, yeah, because he and I were co-workers at the arc light back then and so that's how i ended up in luke and brie on a first date all right anyway little fish is his new movie also on that day you have two of us which i don't know if it says here is um the official oscar submission from france Mm. and i know they take shit very seriously there so that nomination i feel like does carry some weight um it's about a lesbian couple that have just told all their friends and family that they're just friends for decades. And then what happens when people find out? Um, Apparently it's like a very, you know, tender and like intimate, like beautiful movie Um, coming to VOD. Sounds great. Um, Yeah. Cause France always puts their best foot forward with their official. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't want to say anything because it does sound like a good movie, but uh, yeah, France is not the best country at selecting their own shit. (laughs) Because there's so many great movies that come out of France every year and they always like pick the one that seems the most like middle brow prestige Hollywood type of movie. I guess I'm just saying like they have so much to choose from that the fact that they chose that one, like it's something, you know? Eh. All right, whatever. (laughs) Um, Well, if that's not your speed, maybe you'll enjoy the new Cinderella movie starring pop star Camila, Camila Cabello. Um, it's a new Cinderella. That's but it has Mini Driver in it. Yeah, so that's that's not nothing. Idina and Menzel, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, like the director of Blockers. I knew that name sounded yeah. familiar. Blockers is great. Yeah. What is Blockers? I don't remember that one. Um, it's the one it's about the, the parents one. trying to stop their daughters from losing their virginity. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. I didn't see it, but yeah. I hear it's, it's good. good from everyone says it's good. Yeah. I know yeah, that this this says modern retelling, so I'm sure it's perfectly fine. But that 2015 
the Kenneth Branagh Cinderella is so good that I yeah. feel like, uh, and it's not, it has, it wasn't that long ago either. So I, I feel like, I don't know, but I'm sure, to, I'm sure this will bring something to it. When something's aimed at a younger audience, six years is yeah. a long time. Like yeah. I remember the example I always give is that when I, I was in middle school, when golden, I came out and that's that it had only been like six years since the last Timothy Dalton, James Bond movie. Yeah. But to me, because six years is such a huge amount of time as a kid, I was like, Oh my God, they're bringing back James Bond. Like yeah. as if it was like a thing from past generations that they were bringing back. So, um, I guess I, I try to be uh, aware of how old I sound when I say that something that's six years <laughs> old uh, just happened. Yeah. Also, People have like, started and graduated high school since that movie came out. True. But that's like true. public domain IP never dies. Like they make a Robin Hood every two years. Like, I know. And it never, it never works. Out. Maybe that's <laughs> no the one wants that them. Never work. <laughs> It's not merely that Cinderella is recent in our minds. It's that it's just so good and just like so right. effective that like in a way it's like okay well now you you run you could run the risk of being compared to a movie that while it could be it could be seen as being made a while ago it's recent enough that it will invite the comparison and you could wind up coming up short but if you're but they're you know i think they're they're playing to a a, a younger audience and certainly a different audience by making it like a modern retelling so i'm sure it'll be fine but uh but yeah i do man i do love that 2015 Cinderella. Remember when there were two Snow White movies that came out like at the same time? Yeah. Yep. I never saw Mirror Mirror. Uh, I saw it. I know Scott saw it because you and I saw each other at the press screening. That's right. Because I feel like at that point we didn't like really know each other all that well, right? I remember you being a little curt to me. So that sounds about right. Whoa. (laughs) It's all coming out. That, That sounds like me. Yeah. That's yeah. probably how I talk to people that I'm not. Uh, unfortunately, I probably come across as curt to people that I'm not. I feel like friends with. with him. So. Yeah, unfortunately, not proud of it. Scott, you're looking well. That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this Malcolm and Marie. Just John David Washington Zendaya trapped in a room. Yeah, we we right. talked about that last time. It was a, another COVID production of they just like those two in a room just talking and they're like this is a covid movie we can make right now um and netflix bought it for a whole big ton of money so Hmm. you know people are very into it it's black and white sam levinson he's so hot right now he is so hot right now um wait am i supposed to know that name from you yes yeah you i know you know euphoria (laughs) we've talked about it. it okay um but he also made assassination nation right okay Okay. Uh, all right. Are we on to the 12th then? Yeah. With a movie we've seen. We have seen. Called French Exit, uh, which sounds dull. And some would say it is dull, but takes some very strange twists as it goes along in really like subtle ways. So that like by the time this real strange stuff shows up, you're like, I guess this fits in, but it's super weird. Uh, so it's about uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays a socialite widow uh, who's going broke. Sold. So yeah i know right uh she and her son lucas had just moved to paris their friend like has an apartment they can just live in and live out the remaining wealth uh and from there it just takes some very strange twists and turns and all while maintaining this kind of cool calm tempo uh i was super into it yeah i 
I'm going to be that person. I did read the book. Um, it's based on a Patrick <laughs> Witt book. Um, he also wrote The Sisters Brothers, um, among other oh. things. But um, yeah, I really loved the book because um, I think I liked it for the same reason you liked the movie, but I think the book did it better of just very quickly normalizing you to strange things, mm -hmm. just like very matter-of-factly stating that very strange things are happening and making you accept them. Um, but I think... Michelle Pfeiffer, I mean, we all we all stand. We all love her. But like yeah. I think she's really perfectly cast in this role. And I think she's amazing because it would be so easy to play this woman as just terrible. And she's mostly pretty mean, but she also has moments of vulnerability and openness, and she's funny. Um, and yeah, so she's really great in it. Um, great supporting cast. So yeah, recommend overall. Yeah, um, like when when David, I don't know if David, I don't know if you were joking or not when you said sold, but yeah, no, like Michelle all, yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer in a lead role, I'm excited. Yeah. Also, uh, Isaac DeBank Cole. I'm not sure how you say his name, but yeah. uh, Jim Jarmusch mainstay. Yeah, yep. he's very funny in that. Claire Denis mainstay before that. Okay. Playing yeah. that card. Okay. Good. Good. For yes, you. you're better than all of us, Scott. We got it. Thank you. I saw Man of the House. <laughs> <laughs> um, also on the 12th, here is the um, Kingsman prequel you had referenced that is not directed by Guy Ritchie. Um, I do not think it will come out then. Like, there's just absolutely no way in hell, but let them dream. Um, so this is a prequel to the Kingsman movies that has none of the same cast because it's set in, I believe, the 1910s. Yeah. Um, so you have a different, also very interesting cast. Ray Fine, Gemma Arterton, um, yeah. Matthew Good, Harris Dickinson, Daniel Bruhl, Dijon Honsu, Charles Dance. Um, yeah. Oh, and so Tom Hollander. Hollander, yes. Yeah. Um, He's more Holland than Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, Tom Hollander is also a good actor in his own right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was... Um, he was King George in the John Adams miniseries, right? Am I, am I thinking of the right actor? Yeah. 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 And wasn't he like the prime minister in a Mission Impossible movie? Uh, I yes, I believe so. And then he was also in uh, in the loop and yeah. uh, oh, right, yeah. said difficult, difficult, lemon, difficult. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's great. And actually like I didn't, there are aspects to the first Kingsman that I liked. I didn't see the second one. The trailer for this, I mean, it's Matthew Vaughn. So you kind of, this is probably going to be like the other ones, but it's a good cast. And I, because it takes place in a different time, like the art direction and costumes look like a lot of, a lot of fun. And uh, it definitely intrigued me. I was, I was interested to wa to watch it. And even beyond the fact that she's clearly gorgeous, I'm a big Jenna Arterton fan. I always find her to be a very charming screen presence. I have to say I met her. I worked at a press junket she was at. She had just come off a flight, a nonstop flight from London, and she was still nicer than I've ever been in my entire life. Hmm. Is wow. I could apparently take some uh, pages out of Gemma Arterton's book. Stop really being so could. rude to people at press screenings. You really could. She was just a delight. So... Um, you also on the 12th have the world to come, which I had not heard of until two minutes ago and sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I do believe the synopsis is um, somewhat soft peddling it. They're lesbians. It's a lesbian love story. Um, it won the two women life. forge a connection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a sexy what kind connection. of connection. Are we talking about a sexy one, but it's um, <laughs> it won the queer lion at Venice. Um, it has Vanessa Kirby again and Catherine Waterston, also Casey Affleck, Jesse Clemens, 
um, directed by Mona Fastfold, who I don't know if she's made other things, but yeah, that was a big hit on the festival circuit. So she made something called cool. the sleepwalkers that I don't know what that is, but, uh, that's the only other directing credit that she has. I would like to see the word sexy worked into more, uh, um. synopses. Uh, I'm going to try and do that for the rest of the episode. I mean, I'm going to try and find a good place to incorporate that. Listen. Word. Listen, this is from the database I work for. I can go change it right now. Please do. Yes. Suddenly every movie is a lot more interesting to people. (laughs) Yes. I will change every synopsis to somehow include the word sexy. Absolutely. Um, On the 12th, you have a movie called dog. It's Channing Tatum going on a road trip with a dog. Mm -hmm. I don't know what more you need. Cute. That's all I need. Um, I like that. I'm guessing he's Army Ranger Briggs, but that could also be the dog's name. <laughs> it could also be the dog's name. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, his name's like Bob, but he goes, what yeah. do you think, Army Ranger <laughs> Briggs? <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, can we move on to the 19th? Yeah. Sure. I'm tentatively, as I am with all Scott Cooper movies, excited for Antlers. Uh, yeah. Sure to be disappointed, as I am with all Scott Cooper movies, but it sounds cool. But also, like sorry, uh, not only, yeah, Scott Cooper uh, is, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, proceed with caution uh, type of thing. But also movies that Guillermo del Toro produces, but doesn't sure. direct. He doesn't have a great track record there. And um, yeah, I would say it's, uh, I'm not that excited about Antlers. But you got your Carrie Russell, you got your Jesse Plemons. You got presumably Antlers. Obviously. I mean, one would hope. And it takes place in Oregon, which like all good things. Okay. Okay. Rory, Co- Rory Cochran. Yeah. Amy Madigan. You know, it's, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, like I do, I do enjoy um, Crazy Heart. Um, I didn't see Out of the Furnace. I did not. There are aspects to Black Mass that I liked, but I mostly didn't like it that much. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting premise and it's got a good cast. So I think it's one that I'll, I'll wait and see what the reviews are, but I'm interested. I'm kind of agnostic about him, but my old boss did accidentally invite him to a child's birthday party once Hmm. because she had his email address. Her husband's name is also Scott. She sent it to the wrong Scott and a bit of slapstick confusion ensued. So that's my thought about that. Um, Also on the 19th, you have Joe Bell, which has gone through a number of title changes. Hmm. Um, It stars Mark Wahlberg. It's based on a true story of a man who walked yeah, across the country, like literally walked um, to raise awareness after his um, bullied son committed suicide. Oh. Um, so, yeah, this has passed through a lot of hands. There were a lot of different people attached, but it got made. Um, re- the reaction was mixed, I think. Um, yeah. Directed but, by Ronaldo Marcus Green, who made Monsters yeah. and Men. Uh, not a bad movie. Maybe not enough so, to get me excited about it, though. Yeah. Um, There's also, in a strange turn of events, there's a movie called Nobody in which Bob Odenkirk is just entering his Liam Neeson phase. It's just kind of like an intense, like brooding action movie starring Bob Odenkirk. And Christopher Lloyd. Why not? Like, sure. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So that's just happening. That's exciting. (laughs) 
Yeah, I like Bob Odenkirk. Um, me too. Me too. Sure. I still, as someone who like has Mr. Show like coursing through his veins, I still I've never been able to like I when Natalie and I saw Little Women together when he shows up, we were like nudging each other like. <laughs> Well, it's, just, it's just funny that that's Bob Odenkirk. I think all audiences, from what I've heard, all audiences lost their shit at Bob Odenkirk showing up for different <laughs> reasons. But yeah, it's I mean, that's the thing is he's I think he has a natural comedic cadence so that I mean, it's it's worth noting that like, yeah, he's a, he plays Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But it's like, but that's a comedic character that can also have dramatic moments and can be very intense but he's still comedic and so when you put him in a completely large uh non-comedic role in uh in little women it's just like you, yeah i i had the same th- the same instinct where even people who had never watched mr show there's they still if they've seen breaking bad and they're familiar with bob odenkirk they're familiar with him as someone who is maybe not predominantly comedic but mostly that and well, so he also enters the film like earnestly exclaiming yes. the titular line, which is always like an invitation for a slight giggle moment to begin with. And to have right. Bob Odenkirk do that in this like great big hug scene, it, yeah. it's, it's some, some arch moment that has become iconic for good reason. But also, I would say, even if it's technically a serious role in Little Women, he's still very jovial. He's very sure. jovial. Very sure. jovial. Um, also on the 19th, if you want to see a true story starring Benedict Cumberbatch, I have great news for you. Oh, boy. There's two. Um, one of them is The Courier, which is a true story, um, a Cold War thriller. Um, it also has Rachel Brosnahan and Jesse Buckley. So that's good. I like anything Cold War. There you go. Um, there's also The Mauritanian, um, which they just announced this for award season. It's kind of a late entrant to the game. But this is the one with Matt I Damon. Watched- <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I was going to make a Mandalorian joke, but you beat me to a different thing. That's fun. Um, no, it is a legal story about um, Guantanamo Bay detainees. So, mm. you know, close to the Mandalorian. Um, but it has <laughs> Jodie Foster, which ain't nothing. Um, I love Jodie Foster. We all mm-hmm. like we can all unite around that. We love Jodie Foster, I think. Um, also, Zachary Levi, Benedict Cumberbatch again, Shailene Woodley and Tahar mm. Rahim from A Prophet. I also like Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. So do I. I believe this is the director of The Last King of Scotland. If that's- yeah, it's, uh, yeah, he's a real hit or miss director. Yeah. Yeah. What else has he done? Well, he did Touching the Void. That's like the first thing I'm familiar right. with. And- yeah, and he's he's made some good documentaries. He did Touching the Void and did that one uh, Sky Ladder about that uh, the fireworks artist in in China. Um, literally, an artist whose medium is fireworks. Uh, that was a pretty good one. But then, yeah, he made like uh, um, what's it called, The Eagle. Yeah, he did Black Sea, which I I liked uh, uh, for sea. the most part. Um, he did State oh, of State Play, of Play. That which was a we, bad neither movie. of us liked. Yeah, so it's yeah, I think he's a good documentary filmmaker uh, right. who occasionally makes movies that are not that well then let's just focus on the jody foster angle let's just sure. keep okay. um if any if there's anything else on that day anyone wants to mention nah um on to the 26th i would say one of the big titles that day is cherry which is a wild story um it is a true story it's based on a book that was a true story of a guy who was in the military, had PTSD, and started robbing banks. So he wrote his memoir in prison 
um, the film rights auction happened while he was in prison and at one point stalled because he ran out of payphone minutes. So, yeah, he's still in prison. Um, But it is the Russo brothers directing um, and Tom Holland, just the Holland, not the more Holland, just the the Holland um, starring. It's definitely a very deliberate attempt to distance himself from Spider-Man, I would say. It's the look I can be edgy movie. Um, But I think there's enough good stuff here that it could be interesting. Um, So this is theatrical on this day and then on Apple TV Plus, March 12th. So make another burner account. I assume we all used our free trial on On the Rocks. Um, but yeah, I think it could be interesting. It also has Jack Rayner, Bill Skarsgård. Um, yeah, I'm interested like- to see. I'm interested to see the Russo brothers do something different. But I also am suspicious at the notion of that. Yeah, because. The, they have like the inverse of every other director where the only movies I've liked have been the most expensive ones. And mm. I suspect that's because there was so much previous involved that they couldn't move the camera on their own because every time <laughs> they're kind of in charge of that department, it just goes to hell. Yeah. Um, we skipped over a movie called the killing of two lovers. That sounds uh, uh, interesting to me about a guy who's separated from his wife and she is seeing someone else. Um, but it starts an actor. I really like named Chris Coy. Speaking of HBO actors, as we were earlier, he, uh, played a metalhead journalist on Treme and he played a, um, gay nightclub owner. I mean, he was gay in a nightclub owner, but also was a gay nightclub on the deuce. Um, and he shows up and back up a second. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh yeah yeah so i'm uh interested in the killing of two lovers and i realized just looking now that i saw this guy one of this guy robert machoyan i guess i saw one of his movies many many years ago seven years ago i guess doing my math at uh la film fest called 40 years from yesterday it wasn't very good so now i'm suddenly talking myself out of (laughs) being as interested in this movie as i was well that is your own journey and we wish you well (laughs) um we also have Everybody's Talking About Jamie. That is the title. I haven't heard of it. I'm not saying that there's a movie called Jamie that everybody's talking about, but rather the title of the film is Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Everybody's Talking About Jamie. <laughs> I can't hear it what is, they're saying, though. I know. That's the downside. Yeah. Um, but it is an adaptation of a stage musical about a 16-year-old drag queen. Um, has Sharon Horgan and Richard E. Grant, which is fun. Um a lot of people are thinking this might wind up on Disney Plus. Who knows? But I'm always down for a musical. Cool. Um, we also have the new Lee Daniels. New, new Lee, Lee Daniels, Daniels movie. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, I'm excited about so this. You, yeah. You mentioned, um, Tyler, being interested about the era in which, like, the FBI and the government mm-hmm. was just, like, investigating people for all sorts of reasons. Well, they were investigating Billie Holiday for drugs. Um, yeah. She apparently had an affair with the federal agent investigating her, and that is what this covers. Um, Andra Day plays her. You also have Divine Joy Randolph, Garrett Hedlund, Natasha Leone, Trevante Rhodes. Um, so, as before, he can assemble a good cast. We'll yeah. see what he does with it. I assume I it will be very big. I'm stoked. Yeah, I was going to say, get the most acting everyone <laughs> yeah. has ever gotten out of that. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Yeah, he could get an ensemble um, performance out of one uh, one actor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. So There's also a, um, a horror movie called The Vigil, 
It is a horror movie set in the or, the Hasidic community. Oh, um, no, it is not about burnt brisket. <gasps> Ew, but yeah. oh, but it stars friend of the show Fred Melamed. Yeah, does. it does. Um, it's something about like a supernatural entity while someone's like sitting shiva or something. Um, so I like the sound of that. Yeah, different spin. Different spin. And I that's think a, it's, well, and, uh, and that that's a, that'll just make it under the wire for Oscar consideration, right? Yes, <laughs> obviously. Yes. And it's I believe like it stars this year. Yeah. Let's see here. Oh, that wasn't even stars... a real Well, there might be a Clint Eastwood movie no, in this window because he, I think, recently wrapped one. So normally Clint has his like December surprise like right around now, but right. if you shift that a couple months, it Could might be happen. a February surprise. Um, I also just want to mention if that's the end of February, there is something that was just announced for early 2021. So I just want to shout it out because it could be in this window. Um, it is yet another Doug Lyman movie, which no. is super fun. It's coming to HBO Max. And well, no so wonder he couldn't finish Chaos Walking. That's true. He's making this that's other true. movie. He is making this other movie. It is a combination like rom-com heist pandemic movie. <laughs> Starring Anne Hathaway and Chiwetel Ejiofor as a bickering couple trying to pull off a heist during the pandemic. I'm excited for this movie. That um, sounds fun. That's awesome. You also have big supporting cast, Ben Stiller, Mindy Kaling, Ben Kingsley, like all these people. Um, it sounds bananas. So it will be on HBO Max in early 2021. And what's the um, name of it again? Oh, it's called Lockdown. Lockdown, yes, okay. The rest of these movies can forget it. Now I only forget want it. the heist movie. Yeah. That sounds like a. That sounds like the the Doug Lyman movie. Yeah, right. uh, it, it really works for me. Uh, real quick, I did. I looked it up. I wanted to make sure I had this right. Um, the Vigil also features uh, uh, Manash Lustig, who was in that movie Manash oh, uh, a few Manash. years ago, which yeah, which oh, I love. Manash fame. Oh, Manash fame. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell if you guys are being sarcastic or no, not. But I'm movie. excited. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. We're all fans. Yeah. I didn't want to just assume that any Minash actor <laughs> is the one from the Minash movie. Right, right. But it turns so. out it is. So the movie yeah. that was so popular in West LA that took up two screens at the Royal. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yes. It was their I, Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> we, we call it the, the West LA Avengers movie. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't know if you guys are comic book fans, but there was the West Coast Avengers. Like yeah, that is actually right. their their name. Yeah. So, but they got real specific. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, as you as usually happens when we do these uh, previews, I'm excited. I'm excited about the movies that are coming down the pike. Yeah. 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 We will definitely see some of them because they are on screen. Yeah. But we will see some of these movies. Will be seen. They will be seen. Um. And yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird time, but it's still fun to watch movies however we can. So, Excited. well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, in the meantime, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. Um, you can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at davypretension. Let me see if I can run down all seven movies I posted a review of this week, if I can remember uh, what they are. Um, I reviewed Crock of Gold, Red, White, and Blue, Dear Santa, Another Round, Nomadland, Half Brothers, and I'm your woman. I think I got all seven. Well you can find you can find reviews of all of those. Uh, you can find all the reviews of all of those at Battleship Retention this week. Um, 
And also check out my review of the Criterion uh, Blu-ray of Girlfriends, Claudia Wiles' Girlfriends. That's up there. Uh, you can email uh, Tyler or follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Tyler, do you have anything to plug right now? Uh, what I will say is um, my now that uh, Words on Bathroom Walls is available to watch uh, at home, uh, you can check out my my uh, More Than One Lesson episode about it uh, over morethanonelesson.com. I'm pretty proud of that episode. There's a, a lot going on in that episode, um, and it's a, a really good movie. I highly recommend it. So uh, I wrote a I wrote a review for it for BP, and then I did a, a an episode of More Than One Lesson about it. So you can check that out. Uh, Scott, and uh, I'll start with Julie. Julie, do you have anything to, to plug? Where can people find you if you want them to? Um, if you are so inclined, I am on Twitter at says no says that is S E S N O underscore S A Y S. Um, you know, I tweet sometimes just trying to make it through another day. Like all of us. So. You also, have to, I, I have a tendency to tweet something that I'm like, that's a good tweet. And then it gets like two likes but one of them is usually says no says so thank you for hey, liking my I tweets to, <laughs> i try to support the community you know <laughs> oh see now I, I thought you actually liked my tweets it sounds like I you do. just they're pity I likes do. i don't just like all of them <laughs> um scott where can people find you should you want them to Oh, on Twitter at Rail of Tomorrow, on Letterboxd, and at Battleship Pretension, where I just posted a movie journal this week. Yeah, exciting. Claudia Wilde's Girlfriends, which I just picked up with the Criterion Blu-ray, which is a nice little package there. Uh, so I'm going to try to do those kind of regularly, get some words out there. I, I was about to use the word content, but I hate the word content. Uh, so, yeah. you know, just spread the love for some movies I'm watching anyway. And uh, then at Criterion Cast, in a couple of weeks, we'll be doing a best of the year episode about their uh their releases this year cool well thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks as always, always a pleasure. for having us yeah thank all of you at home for listening and we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 